0: Greetings, listeners, domestic, international, and extraterrestrial. I'm Dave Reed.
1: And I'm Kristen Riley. And this is The Cast Files.
0: I am a nerd who has somehow never remembered to say that line on time or seen The X Files.
1: <laughs> and I watched it when it had originally aired. The Cast Files is a podcast where we watch and record. <laughs> <laughs> I could never find it. Discuss? You can't. Where we watch and discuss every episode of The X-Files, spoiler free.
0: Season 2, we are falling apart here. It's fine. (laughs) Today we are talking about Season 2, Episode 4, Sleepless. It originally aired October 7, 1994. It was written by Howard Gordon without... Alex Genza.
1: Yes, I have a little bit of trivia. Okay. This is Howard Gordon's first solo writing effort for the series. Gordon was inspired to write the episode following a two-week bout of insomnia.
0: Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yep. I like it. (laughs) And directed by Rob Bowman, his second. Do you remember what his first was? No. Genderbender.
1: I was gonna say Genderbender, but I didn't remember that's interesting because I have another reference about Genderbender later in the oh, episode.
0: Yay. Oh, well, I'm going to reference that he also directed Airborne, the rock and rollerblade movie, starring Shane McDermott and Seth Green, because that movie is awesome.
1: <laughs> I love Seth Green. It's
0: a young Jack Black in there as well.
1: All right. Anything else?
0: That's all of the credits.
1: You got it. Okay. I skipped the cast and. For good reason. Yeah,
0: let's let's get there when we get there, because it's exciting.
1: Yes, and we're there really soon. Yeah, so that too. I, I just didn't bother. Okay, so IMDb says of this episode, Mulder is on the manhunt for a Vietnam veteran who can project his consciousness into other people's minds to kill them. Mulder and Agent Krychek try to uncover the conspiracy behind the killer's powers.
0: Mm, they're giving crycheck a little too much credit here.
1: They really are. and I mean, okay, I read that after we I watched it, which I was happy about because <laughs> I just went in and I was just like, all right, let's do this and then I was immediately in. So let's get immediately in.
0: Immediately in, yes, I was gonna start doing the recap, but that's not my job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can add. Yeah, because I, <laughs> I
0: have a note for like frame one. <laughs>
1: So, scene one is New York City, New York at 11.23 p.m.
0: Oh, yeah? We got a bottom third?
1: Yep. Dr. Saul Grissom sits and watches his television. He hears rumbling outside his door, opens it, and there is fire. He yells, because, you know,
0: fire. Fire.
1: And calls 911. It's not looking good for him as the fire spreads like that dude from fire set this off.
0: (laughs) Yep. Yep. That was my first thought as well. Okay. I was like, oh, that guy's back.
1: Yeah, that's what it seemed like. We hear alarms and see people evacuating through the stairwell as the firefighters in full regalia rush up the stairs.
0: No, first we see him try to fight the fire. Oh, yeah. He gets into his closet, which is a bad place. Like, top shelf in the closet. Bad place to keep your fire extinguisher, especially if you're going to keep it right next to your fire exacerbator, which seems to be what he accidentally grabbed. Because when he shoots the fire with it, it just gets worse.
1: Where is our fire extinguisher?
0: Outside. Yeah.
1: (laughs) On a pole. Right.
0: (laughs) But our fire exacerbator is in the closet. Okay. I know exactly where that's at at all times.
1: Just in case. Yes. All right. So, yes, he does try to put out the fire with his fire exacerbator, but it doesn't work. And as we are watching people run down the stairs... Oh, shit. It's Tony Todd!
0: Tony Todd! (laughs) Ooh. This is such an exciting guest star. It's as exciting as Brad Dourif, probably. Yes. I'm immediately, oh, this is going to be a good episode.
1: I saw the back of him and went, is that Tony Todd?
0: (laughs) It took me a little longer. He had to turn around so I could see his face.
1: And when he turned around, I went, ah! Yes! (laughs) And I was buckled into my chaos suit because I was ready for (laughs) this to go.
0: Oh, So we are post-Candyman, but pre-The Rock. Yes. Tony Todd, and he is serving it. He is. Oh, oh, he's so good.
1: So good. So good. All right, there's also a a revealing mistake in this scene from IMDb. Okay. In the beginning of the episode when the fire department responds to the 911 emergency, the residents of what is supposed to be an upscale apartment building are shown evacuating using a stairway. However, it's clear from the way that the stairway appears that it's located in a commercial, not a residential building. And I was wondering, is it clear? What do upscale apartment buildings' (laughs) stairwells look like?
0: Yeah, that seems real nitpicky.
1: I wanted to include it because I didn't notice that.
0: Right. And now... Why why would you?
1: What do rich people's stairwells look like?
0: (laughs) The walls are, I was going to say carpeted, but that's weird. (laughs) They're all wood panel. Not wood panel, but like that mahogany. It's
1: just very dark and you have to wear a smoking jacket in there. Yes. And loafers.
0: Somebody hands you a brandy as you walk in.
1: (laughs) Okay, I got it. Yeah. I've never been in one, I guess.
0: Yeah, me (laughs) neither. Wood panel. Wood panel. (laughs) Like you're an Irish family in the 80s.
1: Yep. Well, it turns out That all of this hullabaloo is going on for no good reason. There is no fire at 606, but the dude is dead anyway.
0: What a drama queen.
1: Such a drama queen. After the opening credits and a commercial break, we deep dive into Tony Todd's IMDb. (laughs) (laughs) Which is where we've already discussed this is after Candyman, before The Rock, Mm -hmm. and um, also after Platoon.
0: Oh, I've never seen Platoon.
1: And just a man. I spent that whole commercial break looking at his (laughs) IMDb. But after all of this, when I look back up at the screen, and so do you in your mind's eye, we are at Mulder's apartment. He arrives home. There's a newspaper at his door with a tape in it.
0: And he's got his t-shirt tucked into his jeans.
1: Oh, does he?
0: Yes. I
1: only noticed his hair throughout. We will get to the hair.
0: Yeah. Let's get to the hair. Right now I want to focus on the t-shirt tucked into the jeans because I think by 94 I had stopped doing this but in the early 90s definitely 93ish I was a t-shirt tucked into my jeans guy and they were like Bugle boy jeans and hyper color t-shirts so I guess that was one outfit I had You got to get that be specific cuz I had one hyper color shirt
1: <laughs> You got to get that cinched waist look
0: Yeah well, I did not have a braided belt however or Z Cavalleri
1: <gasps> I did want Z Cavalleri jeans
0: I got the cool in stuff three years after it was cooling in.
1: Well, you were also in Indiana. (laughs) Not sure what the timeline is of what's cooling in. Okay,
0: it might have been seven years. (laughs) (laughs) It was after it was cooling in with everybody else in my school.
1: (laughs) To be clear, I was in Louisiana, so also not the hot spot for fashion. North Louisiana, not the cool place that everybody <laughs> thinks of New Orleans as being, which only just smells like piss, but you can't see that on TV, and there are hot, true, sex, you can't. hot sexy vampires, so New Orleans smells worse than it looks, <laughs> <laughs> but it is pretty cool to visit. Okay, so in the newspaper, there's an article with Dr. Grissom's obit that is circled. Dr. Grissom is the guy who died in the Knot fire, and... Mulder has a tape player, which I thought was really interesting. But it's okay, because it was common in his day.
0: Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. You, I don't know how, but you jammed me up with that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. I wasn't expecting it. No,
0: it didn't seem like you meant to. But... Nope.
1: <laughs> and on the cassette tape is a, um, a recording of the 911 call. And in the 911 call, we hear... Grissom, as we have just heard, him calling and saying there's a fire. So Mulder knows that there's a fire, and then shortly we will find out that in the article there's no mention of a fire. But this is where we are in scene two with Skinner. Skinner is really just serving Mulder again. <laughs> uh,
0: he's so what's the word I'm looking for? It's not impatient, but it's he's just not in, uh, he's so uninterested.
1: Uh, yes. He's unimpressed by Mulder to the extreme.
0: (laughs) An extreme amount of unimpressed. Yes.
1: So in Skinner's office, Mulder's trying to get the the case file, but the case file is not being given to him. And he's like, but I don't understand.
0: But I asked for it.
1: I came to you and asked. Look,
0: I didn't just go to Puerto Rico.
1: (laughs) This time.
0: I mean, (sighs) this is why I don't ask, honestly.
1: So that's basically how the conversation goes. They both agree that there's no mention of the fire in the article that they both read. (laughs) And Mulder makes a sad comment about how Deep Throat is the only person he ever trusted, which is rewriting history if I've ever heard it.
0: Well, he trusted him, then Scully told him not to, so then he didn't, until Deep Throat said, trust me, and then he did again. (sighs) It was... (laughs) At least that's how I remember it. It's like, yes, I'll believe anything you tell me. Scully's like, you shouldn't believe what that guy tells you. It's like, you're right. I shouldn't believe what this guy tells me. You
1: just said the same thing twice.
0: (laughs) But now I'm acting it out.
1: I see. Okay, sorry. Continue.
0: No, it's too late. You have broken my mood.
1: (laughs) And your soul.
0: The muse has been taken from me. Sorry. So disgracefully.
1: Well, I do want Deep Throat to come back. So we have that in common but he wasn't trustworthy no he lied to Mulder and he Mulder just keeps forgetting
0: yeah it's
1: also you are correct remember when Mulder was six feet away from that one alien that they were taking away out of that (laughs) (laughs) that facility while he was standing there limping it
0: would be great if we could get a, a different angle and there is a dead alien body in that room they're just quickly wrapping it up
1: there. In it's my right head. He, in my Hurry head up. cannon, that's what's happening.
0: <laughs> and Deep Throat just distracts him just, just long enough.
1: Just long enough, yes. That, that'd be fun. They're basically there's a secret panel like in a, a magic box.
0: Okay. Like so, a false box false wall.
1: There's a false wall and they get the the, it closes right as Molar is coming around the corner. Like they, they're still in the box because they can't take it anywhere. Like it but, looks
0: like it's a full room, but it's only like three inches deep. Yes. Uh, if you <laughs> look at it at the perfect perspective.
1: And that's where they're, they're just like, <laughs> shh, shh, shh. Don't let anybody. <laughs> <laughs> don't touch the wall. Don't
0: touch the wall. Frank. <laughs> don't sneeze, Frank. That's- <gasps> <laughs> yep Finger under the nose Yep,
1: that's what's happening And then we see Mulder at his desk Because Skinner has dismissed him Which is
0: hilarious
1: <laughs> And Mulder's doing some Listening to tapes, transcribing And oh my god, Crycheck is in this episode
0: Yeah, you, you say that You're excited about Crycheck I hear Crycheck and I'm like I think that's a name I think that's a name that's a thing. I think this is guy is a thing.
1: This, is, this guy is a thing. This guy
0: is a thing, I think.
1: And here is the first bit of trivia, because the other one was a mistake or whatever. The first appearance of Alex Krychek, played by Nicholas Leah. Leah assumed a different role earlier in the series in The X-Files, Gender Bender. What?
0: Was he? He was one of the Johns. One yep. of the victims.
1: He was the guy in the nightclub on the phone that she was trying yeah. to talk to. And he's like, I'm on the phone! But <laughs> he, he's in a nightclub. <laughs> yeah. Can't you
0: see I'm in a conversation? Yes.
1: <laughs> so, that's where he actually made his first appearance. And now he is here with Ale- as Alex Krychek and forevermore will be.
0: Because yeah, he, he lived through the encounter and was like, Oh, you know how it is when you're trying to pull... Oh, or gross. whatever he said. <laughs> whatever he said was real gross. I can't remember exactly what it was.
1: Yeah. Either way, he...
0: Used to be so easy, you could just tell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that.
1: <laughs> Which is... What? Yeah. But, now he's crycheck and he and Mulder are partners, kind of. And this is where I, I insert fanfic chant here. Send me fanfic, please.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so... A little preview of who you're shipping at the end, probably.
1: This is also where I first noticed who had the good hair. Uh, It was Krychek with the good hair, and Mulder with the humidity's not doing him any good Mulder
0: has not yet learned that product is your friend.
1: Yes, correct.
0: And I understand that. It took me a long time to realize that, and now that I've been cutting my hair for my own hair for almost two years... It's 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 hard. It's hard to find the right product.
1: Well, you're also cutting your own hair. So I think <laughs> the right product might be in your whole stash of products. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the right product might be getting a real haircut.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> but now that uh, Crychek and Mulder are talking over this file, CryCheck brings the file. This is my
0: it. case, but I don't want it to be. But it's my case. Yes.
1: Oh, and then... They banter, they don't even banter. Banter makes it sound like they're having a good back and forth. This is not a good back and forth. Mulder basically sends Krychek off to get the car.
0: Yeah, like he did, um, no, it's not quite the same, but it's very similar to what Mulder does to Scully in Deep Throat. Yep. I even wrote in my notes, he should have said, sucker.
1: So next we get to see Scully, speaking of Scully. She is in an autopsy class, which the body is laying face down, which, of course, must be a thing that they do during autopsies, but it's... Yeah, you
0: just don't see it on TV.
1: No. It's the first time that I've...
0: <laughs> Thought about the fact that they have to look at their backs, too, sometimes? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was very strange.
0: No, I got I got the same thing, because you can only see their feet. Yeah. And their feet are pointed the wrong direction. Yes.
1: <laughs> and it was it was unsettling in that, oh... No, this is probably normal, but unusual for my My eyeballs? Yeah. My eyeballs? (laughs) Mm. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Couldn't get my mouth to say it. Nope, You're, you're getting jammed up a lot. So, while performing the autopsy, Scully receives a phone call from Mulder, who states that his name is George Hale.
0: That was a good throwback to episode one. Yep. Apparently that's their signal.
1: Yes. And then there's the explanation of who George Hale is, if nobody remembered, but you just did it, so... Good job he wants her to autopsy the body and she's like but no i'm <laughs>
0: i have my own job to do
1: i'm busy and he's like don't worry i'll get it to go oh it's to you yeah yeah do you move dead bodies
0: no okay. um no dead bodies but i have opened up when i worked at the airport i opened up cooler that had severed heads in it going to a cryo facility in atlanta once so i have seen severed heads seen i've never opened because it wasn't just, it's not just a cooler, but there's a Lion's Eye Institute here. Yep. Used to give them boxes all the time that are just full of eyeballs.
1: Just rattling just around. rattle
0: around in there. Sounds like a maraca.
1: <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Yeah, I don't know what you're going to do with all that. You can get I'll it find, all out. <laughs> I'll
0: find a way to say it. Because the severed head thing was interesting when I opened it up. I was like, there's just heads in a cooler.
1: Never seen just a severed head. I have seen a dead body washed up on shore and a dead body in the road because of a traffic accident
0: i've seen that
1: and a dead body on the side of the road because of a different traffic accident
0: saw a car flip over once and the guy got out oh that's it was good for him (laughs) he was like i don't have insurance
1: No, no
0: (laughs) and we were on our way to a concert so it was like well you're not dying see you later
1: (laughs) deuces bro (laughs)
0: <laughs> We've got to go see Black Sabbath and the Deftones.
1: Ah, yikes, 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 yikes. Okay, so he's going to ship her the body and uh, he ditched crycheck, of course, because Mulder doesn't play by the rules.
0: It's just a little, uh, little hazing for the new guy. Same thing he did to Skelly.
1: Oh my gosh. So next we see Mulder at Grissom's Sleep Disorder Clinic. So next we go to Grissom's Sleep Disorder Clinic. Dr. Grissom was a sleep specialist. The newspaper told us so. And then also he has a sleep clinic. <laughs> so. Yep. Yeah.
0: It also did not tell us that there was a fire. That's
1: true. huh. I read that.
0: Yeah. I didn't read it. Ooh. Because it's not in it.
1: I read that it wasn't <laughs> written. <laughs> and Mulder asks the nurse about work stress and delusions. She says excellence demands certain sacrifices. It does. Don't make a poster of that. Go outside instead.
0: (laughs) No, I want a little kitten. Hanging from
1: a tree. It
0: says excellence demands certain sacrifices, and then somebody comes and knocks the kitten off.
1: No! (laughs) Why? Because
0: excellence demands certain sacrifices.
1: Kitten sacrifices? Specifically. Wow. No. Go outside instead.
0: And knock a kitten off a tree.
1: No! (laughs) Ugh. This is where we find out what happened. In theory, they can use electrical stimulation of the occipital lobe to create simple visual and auditory hallucinations, which means they're altering people's dreams.
0: Now, did you do any science corner about that? Nope. Because this is somewhat based in reality. It's really interesting the way that they can induce like sleep paralysis in people by different tones and vibrations. And they can basically exactly simulate what people describe as an alien encounter, uh, being abducted by aliens, just by doing different tones oh. while you are sleeping. Hmm. It's wild and really interesting.
1: Well, I apparently didn't find it interesting enough to do a science course.
0: <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> but this is just knowledge rattling around in my brain. They can do stuff like that. Um, they found out that like air conditioning units can vibrate... Your, at the right frequency. At the right frequency to move the liquid in your eyeballs to make you think you're seeing stuff.
1: Oh no, we have like eight units right outside.
0: Right, so if we're ever attacked by ghosts, it's just the air conditioners. No. Making us, like it makes you, it doesn't make you like visually see like the devil or whatever. But it makes you that, you see something out of the corner of your eye moving and then you look and nothing's there. That's what it is.
1: Huh. I like to watch a scary movie, and then go to bed and turn off all of the lights and then read on my phone. So the only thing that I can see is my phone and the black void behind my hand. And then I like to imagine that there's something coming in the bedroom door in that black void at me. You
0: like doing
1: that? I must. I do it so often. And so then I... Quickly turn my phone light like, <laughs> around to see. A cat
0: in your face?
1: No, because I know where the cats are.
0: Oh. You have cat sense? I C- have cat sense. Cat dar?
1: Yep. So it's never it's never been a cat. It's also never been a an opaque entity.
0: Hmm. I have cat dar as well, but it's a different kind. It isn't I know where exactly the cats are. I have like gaydar, but for cats, like I can just look at a thing and know if it's a cat.
1: Which is what you need when you're knocking kittens out of trees.
0: <laughs> it's, it definitely comes in handy. <laughs> uh,
1: outside the clinic, Crycheck walks out of a car toward Mulder, and he says he paid off his cab, which was...
0: <laughs> nice of him? I
1: guess. Probably just to get the cab away so that Mulder right. couldn't jump into it. But he also says that he doesn't appreciate being ditched like someone's bad date. And I'm like, well, you still paid for his cab, so...
0: So that's a good date.
1: And you have better hair.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're saying Mulder's the bad date. Oh, okay. I get it.
1: I don't think Mulder's a good date. We've (laughs) heard those phone calls.
0: Apparently he's a pest. Yep. Which is upsetting.
1: Scully calls and tells Mulder to get back ASAP. Yep. (laughs) That's the end of that scene. But I forgot to mention that Mulder has an attitude. So again, with the bad date... Mulder's the bad date.
0: Mulder's the bad day.
1: And Krychek brings up how everyone at the Academy still talks about him.
0: Oh, yeah. That's super weird.
1: Why does everybody talk about Mulder still? How long ago was he in the Academy? Six years ago? Hasn't anybody else gone through the Academy who's a weirdo?
0: <laughs> Apparently not. Although, I gotta say that makes sense. That- Weirdos don't usually join the FBI. Usually jackbooted thugs join the FBI.
1: Well... Why aren't they weirdos? That seems like a weirdo thing. Well, I guess it's be.
0: weirdo, but they're all the same weirdo. Ah. So it's normal.
1: So then it's, yeah, that makes sense. Well, now the scene flashes to Scully's autopsy bay, and she places a large organ, which is a stomach, because it's stomach-shaped.
0: And it was clearly a stomach.
1: On the scale. Mulder and Krychek walk in, and Scully snubs Krychek.
0: It's real good.
1: It is so good. She looks at Mulder, makes eye contact, kind of glances over his shoulder and sees Krychek, and then basically turns her whole body away from him.
0: He reaches out to shake her hand, and she just walks right past him.
1: It's real unprofessional.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Mulder's not the only bad date. No. No.
1: It's... So much like meeting your ex's new partner.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs>
1: that your ex that you're not over and why did you guys break up? It was probably better, but now you're in that moment of post-breakup where you can only remember that you liked the person and not why you didn't like the person. Uh-huh. And But now they're showing up with someone else. Hmm. How dare they try to shake your hand? <laughs> it was... It's catty. So, it's weird. She has autopsied Grissom, and it's weird because he died of secondary, but not primary, causes of death by fire. It was as if his body believed it was burning.
0: Yeah, it's almost as if that. Which is? Exactly what it is.
1: And also, that would be scary.
0: Yeah, that would suck.
1: (laughs) What if that happened, but he didn't see the flames? And it just felt like his body was on fire. That would also be scary.
0: That would be scary. I don't think it would be as scary.
1: You think seeing the flames rather than just feeling the flames? Yeah,
0: because I think fire is one of those primal fears. That's true. Yeah, that's just terrifying.
1: Hmm. I, yeah, I would. I would not want to burn alive.
0: It's like if I felt like I was being bit by spiders but couldn't see the spiders. Way less scary.
1: But then you're just being bitten by invisible spiders. Yeah,
0: but... That's way better than the spider I can see. Is it? Yes. All of them? Yes.
1: Covering your whole body? Yes. Like they are right now?
0: <laughs> We're going to shut this podcast off.
1: You just get up and walk out?
0: Knock the microphone over.
1: <laughs> Krychek doesn't do well with autopsied corpses at first. He kind of gags or something.
0: He's not even like cut open or anything.
1: Which is weird because isn't has that his to be. stomach?
0: Yeah. He has to be cut open. All right. I guess the angle we get is a different angle than what he gets. Okay. And,
1: and also it's TV so they're not showing us that. This isn't that um, D&D podcast we listened to where they were throwing around the autopsy corpse at everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was insanity. <laughs> but he does pull it together. He, he has a moment where he's like, oh, not ready for this and then he's good. But... Um, it's just Krychek over there by himself with the innards of the corpse because Mulder and Scully did not invite him to sit at their table. Nope. And they talk about something, but basically that the guy died, really. And then we flash to a different scene where there's a man watching the Home Shopping Network in a rundown apartment.
0: But he is not watching the Knife Show, and that upsets me. He You should gone. be watching the Knife Show are you familiar with the knife show yes okay this is my blowout tom's blowout you can't order it now these are limited to only 1200 in the world an incredible blade well this is one of our hottest items
1: what was he watching
0: hey, it was rings ah uh, it
1: it was like often a 700 hundred dollar
0: ring it's often rings like that's way too expensive 1994 dollars <sighs> that's like thirty seven thousand dollars
1: That's the kind of ring I want. And real money. That's the kind of ring I'm going to buy myself. (laughs) $37,000 ring that I can't wear while I'm doing any of the activities (laughs) that I do on a normal basis. It's definitely
0: going to have to be one that you buy yourself (laughs) because I can't afford that.
1: (laughs) Who can? And then we see the scar on his neck. Holy shit, Tony Todd again! Yes! It's been too many scenes without him. He's visiting Henry, who is the man... And the man, Henry, calls him Preacher. Henry doesn't look good. His eyes look raw. He's trying to forget, is what he says. Oh, damn, this has been going on for 24 years! Because we haven't known that. This is where we get what's happening to them specifically. Yes. And Henry accuses Tony Todd of killing Grissom. Oh, fuck, dead Vietnamese!
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they look rough. And this was this was my first mention in my notes of... Oh, did these guys do the Melee Massacre? Oh. We'll bring that up later. Yeah. there's way more to say about it.
1: And, uh, ooh, well, dead Henry.
0: <laughs> we barely knew ya.
1: Yep. Trivia. Tony Todd plays the role of Cole, who I will not call him throughout any of this, because I call him Tony Todd the
0: entire <laughs> time.
1: And toward the end, I'm like, oh, I wish I was calling him by his character's name. But we'll get there who is a Vietnam vet, Cole, not Tony Todd. Uh, this isn't the first time he has played a soldier who struggles with guilt over illegal killings during this war. He also played one in Platoon 1986,
0: which I've never seen. I think I saw I said that earlier when you, you did. mentioned. Uh my Vietnam War movie of choice was always Full Metal Jacket.
1: That one gave me nightmares in which I woke up sobbing so hard my pillow was wet.
0: That's Awful, and I'm sorry.
1: That's that's my, that's my story, connected <laughs> with that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, next we are in the FBI headquarters. Mulder and Krychek look at photos of a murdered man posted on a bulletin board. Do you want to be Krychek or Mulder?
0: Oh, Mulder, yeah. And now for Cast Files Theater.
1: The victim's name was Henry Willig. Unemployed and living on disability, police found no indication of forced entry, of struggle, no abrasions or contusions on the body, and cause of death is being listed as a burst aneurysm.
0: So why did your friend from Homicide call us?
1: Because the medical examiner called him. The autopsy revealed 43 small internal hemorrhages and skeletal fragments, which doesn't just happen spontaneously. Not without some corresponding external trauma.
0: So what does the Emmy have to say about it?
1: He said if he didn't know otherwise, he would swear they were gunshot wounds.
0: That was Cast Files Theater. What?
1: Mulder side-eyes him, then points at the scar on Henry's neck. Krychek mentions Vietnam and how the military didn't keep great records then.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: Because apparently on Henry's um, medical records, he's, his surgery is listed as only having an appendectomy. And so, unless they took his appendix out through his neck.
0: Which is a great joke. I, I thought it at the exact same time David Duchovny sat it. Oh. So it has to be brilliant.
1: Okay. Sure. They look up Paris Island and find a list of people with a last name Cole. Can you tell that I didn't look at the <laughs> screen for a minute? I think everyone's last name was Cole on that list. <laughs> there
0: was a lot of Willings too. There were like way too many Willings. So many Willings. I could see there being a lot of Coles. Me but too. Willing? Uh. I was
1: writing and then I looked up and the whole screen was Cole and I didn't realize they were in a database at first. I thought they were. <laughs> I was expecting an itinerary or yeah. something. Not an itinerary, you know what I mean? Like a passenger list, but for these guys. So next we go to the sleep order clinic. The doctor accuses Tony Todd of disrupting everyone's sleep. Uh, Mulder is there and he's, the doctor is talking to, oh, I guess Krychek's there too. Everybody's there. We're all at the sleep disorder clinic.
0: Yeah, I have a question for this doctor. How do you know that?
1: How do you know that he's disrupting everybody's sleep? Yeah. Unclear.
0: So does this doctor know that the guy has psychic abilities?
1: Unclear.
0: <laughs> Otherwise, why on earth would he say that?
1: Unclear. <laughs> okay.
0: It's is, just real weird.
1: Is he in isolation because he doesn't sleep, so he's just yelling constantly? That seems un. Unlikely.
0: Yeah, because you wouldn't say it like he's interrupting people's sleep patterns. No. You would be like, he's loud and keeps people awake.
1: Right. Curious. Well, the doctor opens the door after saying that, good luck, Tony Todd's not going to be a lot of help to you. It basically does some obscene hand gesture toward them.
0: Don't, <laughs> I missed that. He didn't. what did he do with it?
1: The,
0: <laughs> yeah. the, the, the hand under the chin thing. <laughs>
1: It was his whole vibe. Call
0: him ah, fangu, bah, fangu.
1: <laughs> That was the vibe I was getting from this guy. Give sky. him the
0: the old the, yeah. the yeah. hand in the hand in the crook of the elbow thing. What's that called? I, a, don't I don't know. I don't know what old. any
1: of these are called now it's that I've weird me- one. mentioned them. It turns out the doctor released Tony Todd two days ago. Bum bum bum.
0: That's when the murder started.
1: Yes. And the doctor is pissed at the nurse, and she's like, I was here, you signed this. Here's isn't, your signature. Isn't this your signature? And he's like, oh, fuck. And she's like, yeah, back on out of my station, sir. Doctor. He gets a call from a mysterious person and sa- who says to leave Krychek behind. Ooh, mysterious. Yes. Now, oh,
0: worth f- noting that it's not the same mysterious phone call that talks to him in... Episode one or two of the season.
1: I don't know if it's worth noting. It's more like a an error because I think it's supposed to be the same person.
0: Okay, you think so?
1: I think so. Okay, you think it's multiple mystery persons?
0: I figure you could plan two episodes in advance to have the same guy make the phone call.
1: I can't. I. What's happening? What are what's in two episodes?
0: I, I don't know. I'm not the showrunner.
1: You are of this show.
0: Oh. I, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm the technical director.
1: All right. Well, we go to an old abandoned warehouse where we meet Mr. Mysterious. He hands Mulder a folder. And Mulder says, who are you? And he says, I am Mr. Irrelevant.
0: <laughs> it's a, who I am is not relevant. Yes. A, oh, how original.
1: Yeah. And... This is where we learn that there are sleep eradication studies. Can we stop having wars so we can stop doing stupid studies like these, please?
0: I agree, sort of. I would love to have my sleep removed.
1: Have you watched this episode?
0: <laughs> Twice, yes.
1: Tony Todd has not slept for 24 years. It doesn't end well. I feel
0: like we could get it right, though.
1: Who? DARPA? <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> SHIELD.
1: Ugh. And there's another person from the study, the sleep study, that they didn't know about. The mystery man also says he's not on a suicide mission like some people he knows. Wink wink, deep throat. (laughs) So, no, Mulder cannot have his cell
0: number. (laughs) Nice. Okay, so you have called him something, but did you... Try to think of any names for him before you looked up who he's, what he's called in the show?
1: No, I was not worried about it.
0: <laughs> I was, because he needs a name. Yes, so and he had a name, and deeper, so I used
1: his name.
0: So, Deeper Throat? No. Too Deep, Too Throat? No! <laughs> deep Throat and the Sorcerer's Cup? Deep Throater?
1: No! Deep Throatier? <laughs>
0: Uh, look, who's Deep Throat 2? <laughs> no.
1: He says he's not Deep Throat. He's not on a suicide mission.
0: Okay. I guess we'll call him Mr. X.
1: <laughs> you call him whatever you want. So here's a bit of trivia about that old abandoned warehouse. Ooh. I know how much you love architecture.
0: I'm so in... That was one of the careers I wanted when I was a child.
1: Architecture? Yeah. clearly
0: i had no idea what it was because there's nothing i'm interested in no i mean like you just said i'm super interested yeah yeah can't believe i lied like that and said i'm not incredibly into architecture i apologize to everyone thanks especially you you should and especially the listeners
1: yes the stadium that is under construction in which Mulder meets a certain someone is general motors place located in downtown vancouver Construction began in July 1993 and was completed on September 21st, 1995. In July 2010, its sponsorship with General Motors ended, and it has been known as the Rogers Arena ever since.
0: That is interesting.
1: Good job. Thanks.
0: It also reminds me of the time I almost got arrested at Lucas Oil Field when they were building the place. Yep. (laughs) Uh, We went to an Indianapolis Indians game. Hopefully they've changed that name by now, but I doubt it and I worked at the Slippery Noodle Inn at the time and we were going from the Indians game to the Slippery Noodle Inn and in between they were building this stupid stadium and I was like you know what I'm hopping these fences it's right there I just want to go across (laughs) and there's nighttime security at those places it turns out and they don't like it when random people are walking through you hoodlum especially in like
1: 2003?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, no, you know what? It's like it's probably 09. Or, no, it's probably 06. Uh, whenever they built Lucas Oil Stadium, somebody can look it up. I like, can't
1: with my computer. But in a,
0: a post 911 world, no, they don't like it. No. You just cut through giant construction places. No.
1: Mulder drives up after leaving the construction site and he picks up Krychek. While he's picking up Crychek or Crychek's getting in the car, whatever, right in this whole scene, he's putting the envelope that Mr. X gave him under the front seat.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And Crychek asks where he was. Mulder says nothing. Crychek has info on someone matching Tony Todd's description, so off they go.
0: <laughs> There's a guy who looks just like Candyman.
1: Yep. He's in, a, he's in a, an apartment building. Let's go. <laughs> So, in the apartment building, we hear gunshots and a baby crying and a woman screaming. By the time Mulder and Krychek get to the scene, the two cops who have already been inside have shot each other, which honestly is the best outcome in this scenario.
0: (laughs) Best case scenario, exactly.
1: Yee. We get field, Field Journal Scully now. Scully says, voiceover Scully, also in the described report, is a highly experimental neurosurgical procedure meant to induce a permanent waking state. The procedure involved cutting out part of the brainstem in the mid-frontal region, which would explain Henry Willig's scar. A similar scar should also be evident on Augustus Cole, who is Tony Todd.
0: <laughs> For anybody listening to us.
1: <laughs> Post-op treatment also included a regiment of synthetic supplements to replenish the organic deficits caused by prolonged lack of sleep. This is consistent with the antidepressants Cole slash Tony Todd, robbed from the pharmacy. Oh, which is how they got the description in the first place, he was robbing a pharmacy. These drugs maintain serotonin levels in the blood, serotonin being the primary substance produced during sleep. While it is theoretically possible that this procedure greatly diminished the subject's need for sleep, I can neither quantify nor substantiate its success without further clinical evidence. So obviously, There's problems with not having sleep.
0: (laughs) Definitely. Now, did you do a science corner about any of this?
1: I have, yes. Okay. In a bit.
0: All right. Because I have questions about serotonin and DMT specifically.
1: Oh, well, I don't have answers for you.
0: Oh, okay. Well, here's my questions. Is that true that serotonin, we only get serotonin when we sleep? I don't know
1: if it's only or if it's... Where when we get the majority of our serotonin, it's probably a small dose throughout the day okay. because of hormone glands, but maybe it's secreted in heavier doses during the sleeplessness, sleepiness.
0: Okay. And did we not know about DMT in 1994?
1: Mm-hmm. Do you not know? I don't know about DMT right
0: now. I don't know enough about it. That's true. Like where to get it.
1: Right. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs>
0: That's really the only thing I need to know about (laughs) After I've got that tackled, then I can, how do I do it?
1: (laughs) Well, the telephone rings, and it's me, Mulder. So, a bit of trivia. When Mulder is talking to Scully on the phone, he mentions soldiers walking through mushroom clouds. This is an actual occurrence. Operation Desert Rock from 1951 to 1957 affected civilians and soldiers both knowingly and unknowingly.
0: What? Excuse me while I clutch my pearls.
1: Please do. The
0: United States government would never do such a thing.
1: So I did some research into desert rock and I have another operation uh, that my grandfather was actually involved in (laughs) called Operation (laughs) Ivy. And I did some other research about super soldiers and what kind of experiments governments have been performing on people. Of course, my original results returned, how China is doing these super soldier things and Uh, how terrible it is.
0: How the Soviet Union tried to DNA manipulate apes and humans.
1: Yeah, so I skipped over those and I have have an article about what the United States has been doing to our soldiers. Ah, Nice. Because I want to keep it in the family.
0: Also, I don't believe anything that's said about China or Russia anymore.
1: Right, yeah. No. So I wanted to just keep it all home-based, especially since that's what this is. So from Wikipedia, Desert Rock was the codename of a series of exercises conducted by the U.S. military in conjunction with atmospheric nuclear tests. They were carried out at the Nevada Proving Grounds between 51 and 57. Their purpose was to train troops and gain knowledge of military maneuvers and operations on the nuclear battlefield. They included observer programs, tactical maneuvers, and damage effects tests.
0: This is so fucking I didn't know about any of this. This is so fucking wild. All right, can we send in troops right after we nuke a place?
1: Let's find out.
0: Ugh. I think I know the answer.
1: Camp Desert Rock was established in 1951, 1. 1.5 miles south of Camp Mercury. The site was used to billet troops and stage equipment the camp was discontinued as an army installation in 1964 good lord yeah and guess how much the va is being able, is able to help all of these people who are having repercussions if they are still alive
0: oh i think that's a pretty big if oh yeah
1: <laughs> well they talk about these experiments and my uncle showed me a certificate of a participation certificate from my grandfather Having uh, been involved in Operation Ivy. So for anybody who is unfamiliar with Operation Ivy, as I was until this last week.
0: Yeah, you you said um, you asked me if I was familiar with Operation Ivy, and I said, the band? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so Operation Ivy was the eighth series of American nuclear tests coming after Tumbler Snapper and before Upshot Knothole, which also could be band names. <laughs> The two explosions were staged in late 1952 at, um, at an atoll, I don't know how to s- pronounce, in the Pacific Proving Ground in the Marshall Islands. And I legitimately have a picture with my grandfather's name on it. And let me look it up. Let me tell you what it says real quick. Because I know people hate participation trophies and shit. This is next level. Also, I'm not one of those people. <laughs> Just whatever. Get a trophy, don't get a trophy. I don't care. This says 1952, greetings to all who see these presents, ye know ye, to all who shall see these presents. Presents? Would this be a present?
0: I don't know, but why does it look like it was drawn with a child's crayon? I don't know. It's so weird.
1: Know ye, all soldiers, sailors, airmen, and civilians in the service of the United States of America, we, the undersigned, do hereby certify that my grandfather participated in Operation Ivy, atomic tests at Eniwalk, Eniwalk, Innew- it's hard to read through their,
0: Annew-
1: it's this name, Any Eniwetik Atoll, and atomic energy commission, fall of 1952, and it is signed by one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different people. Are any
0: of them Douglas MacArthur?
1: I can't read their writing. Doesn't look like it. But this is insane.
0: It's pretty wild.
1: Also, he just died, so
0: He was doing that like at the same time my dad was being born.
1: Wow. So my <laughs> my genetics have atomic particles in them.
0: That's why you can run 50 miles at a time.
1: <laughs> I am a super soldier.
0: I just have the, the, all the acid my mom did when she was pregnant with me. Ooh. <laughs> That's why I can't run 50 miles. <laughs> cumulatively. My entire life.
1: Also, you're not training for that. <laughs> so... That's what's been going on. Also, I looked up the 10 most outrageous military experiments. There is a an article by that name by Jeremy Sue, February 28th. This is 2011, so obviously it's outdated. I'm sure we've done some other fucked up shit since.
0: <laughs> and admitted to more.
1: Yes, but I only picked two. One that has to do with this episode and one that answers a question I have always wondered.
0: Oh, exciting.
1: So, the 24-7 warrior is one of the experiments sleep can be a warrior's worst enemy
0: holy shit they did this thing wow
1: whether during day-long battles or long duration missions flown from halfway around the world but various military branches have tried to change that over the years by distributing go pills or stimulants such as amphetamines it's all probably just great great outcomes for Uh everybody
0: let's get all let's get all our soldiers hooked on meth
1: more recently, the military has tested and deployed the drug modafinil, which has supposedly enabled soldiers to stay awake for 40 hours straight without ill effect.
0: Eh. <laughs> I, have, I have skepticism about that last statement.
1: And the U.S. Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, DARPA, is funding even more unusual anti-sleep research Such as transcranial magnetic stimulation that zaps the brain with electromagnetism.
0: Oh, I want that. I want to try that.
1: Okay. Well, DARPA, if you're listening.
0: Hey, hit me up. Hit me up on my celly.
1: Okay. And have you heard about eating carrots giving you better vision and better night vision and things? Yeah, because it's
0: got like vitamin D or something?
1: Vitamin A. Vitamin A. Specifically. Okay, so I remember that from childhood, and I was always like, where did that come from?
0: Now, can you guess what immediately springs to my mind? What? And what's with all the carrots? (laughs) What did they need such good eyesight for anyway? (laughs) (laughs)
1: foods have vitamin A, but carrots is the one that has stuck for some reason. Uh-huh. So another one of the top 10 experiments on the, from this article is infrared night vision.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: The U.S. Navy wanted to boost sa- sailors' night vision so they could spot infrared signal lights during World War II. However, infrared wavelengths are normally beyond the sensitivity of human eyes. Scientists knew vitamin A, contained part of a specialized light-sensitive molecule in the eye's receptors and wondered if an alternate form of vitamin A could promote different light sensitivity in the eye.
0: Just inject carrot juice right in your eyeballs.
1: <laughs> they fed volunteers supplements made from the livers of walleye pikes, and the volunteers' vision began changing over several months to extend into the infrared bit region.
0: Shut up! No, really? Really. Oh, I got to get those pills.
1: It started to work. Such early success went down the drain after other researchers developed an electronic snooperscope to see infrared and the human study was abandoned. I want to know where they're at now. Yeah. Other nations also played with vitamin A during World War II. Japan fed its pilots a preparation that boosted vitamin A absorption and saw their night vision improve by 100% in some cases. That's...
0: That is so interesting.
1: Yeah. So if you guys want a, a side project, deep dive into this, let me know. And I will do it.
0: I gotta give me some vitamin A supplements.
1: Crazy, right?
0: That's awesome.
1: Who knew that our moms telling us to eat more carrots to improve our eyesight came from a DARPA experiment?
0: I want that predator vision.
1: I'm not sure when DARPA was enacted, but came from military experiments on people. That's
0: pretty, that's pretty awesome. All right, you got one good thing. I'm giving you this one.
1: <laughs> so back to the X-Files. Mulder explains his hypothesis about Tony Todd to Scully. They're still talking on the phone, and he thinks Tony Todd has somehow become an, the external stimulus for altering people's dreams, which, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Crycheck gets Mulder's attention. Scully seems jealous. It's exactly X ex versus new partner vibes that I mentioned <laughs> earlier. And then Mulder and Scully are flirting.
0: Ah, uh, that could definitely be friendly banter. Nope, no. it wasn't. Oh, are you turning into a shipper?
1: I think oh, there is whoa. a romantic triangle happening right now. Uh. <laughs> new versus old partner?
0: Oh, uh, but romantic.
1: The one with the good hair? Yeah.
0: I mean, it's the best hair that's been in the show so far. It really is. Yeah.
1: Hope he sticks around with that product. (laughs) Mulder also quips something about how he needs some seasoning and a wardrobe update or something. Yeah, fashion advice. And I'm like, one, I still haven't looked at his clothes because I'm too busy looking at the man himself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh. I didn't realize this what was going on. I missed that. You're a Crycheck fan.
1: I apparently am. After th- I saw him show up and I was like, ooh, Mulder, you've got some competition.
0: Oh, I didn't pick up on that until just now.
1: And then Mulder has the bad hair the whole time oh, and I'm does. like, "Oh, Mulder. I wonder if
0: that was a choice.
1: That would be great. Oh,
0: <laughs> that would be good.
1: Because Scully looked good in this, this whole episode. She was on point too. So it was like the two partners fighting over the duller
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, what is life? <laughs> <laughs> if not two partners fighting over a dollar?
1: So Mulder and Krychuk walk into a diner. Mulder says Salvatore Matola, who is the name on the envelope from earlier. We didn't just not mention him until this moment. Uh, Matola says, "You gonna shoot me? You gonna kill me? Which, yikes, man! This man is ready to die, or to become after I guess."
0: I have a similar note. He asks that, and Mulder responds with, We're FBI? Oh, same question. That does not change my question <laughs> it at didn't,
1: all. It didn't clarify. Matola read about Grissom and Henry in the paper. It's, it's what... Oh, <laughs> I wrote, it's what people did back then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> True statement.
1: Yes. Um, now Sal has to spend his break talking to the feds. Sad face. Sal Matola. He also mutters to himself as he's going to the back. Because I don't think he wants to be here either. No. Nobody wants to be talking to the feds. It's not on their break. Not None of it. None of it. He explains the experiment.
0: <gasps> he says, yeah, I suppose I could spare a minute. He does. Because he's got all the time because he doesn't sleep. Yep. But then at the end. So this is a specific thing that needs to be brought up.
1: That's that's a good point. Okay. Yeah.
0: He says, yeah, I think I can spare a
1: that's a good point. That's a good catch, because I didn't... I didn't catch it until just now. Okay. So, he explains the experiment, how the soldiers were not were told not sleeping would be like living two lifetimes. Then they had to take serotonin, and eventually stopped taking orders. Apparently, they started murdering people without orders, which I guess is worse than killing farmers, women, and children because of orders?
0: It's Question? way worse. You're not allowed to do this on your own.
1: Hmm. We
0: don't like initiative in our soldiers.
1: No, no, that is not <laughs> that is not a thing that is mm-hmm. looked well upon. Mulder mentions Tony Todd. Sal knows him as Preacher. The nickname came, nickname came from Tony Todd reading the Bible and telling everyone they were going to have to pay for what they've done. So Tony Todd realized back when they were murdering all of these innocent people that eventually their time would come.
0: So he recognized at the time it was bad, but then still kept doing
1: it. Kept doing it. it. All of them kept doing it. Yes. Well,
0: here the other guys didn't realize it was bad. You think that this is yeah? Uh, we meant you mentioned something while we were watching it the second time. Yeah. That I was like, we're gonna have to talk about this. So you don't so think let's that they save, knew? Let's save it for the end. Okay. Because I've got
1: stuff to say. Not right.
0: not statements, but I have questions.
1: Okay. Mulder asks him why Grissom why Grissom since Grissom wasn't in Vietnam, except he was.
0: He was there. He made us who we.
1: Yep. along with Not his... who we were. No. Who we are. That's ooh, that's a good clarification, too. Uh-huh. Along with his partner, Girardi, who actually performed the surgeries, which is the first time any, anybody has heard of Girardi.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> just, just bring this guy up out of thin air.
1: Just, we're almost done, and he comes up. So, now they're like, who's Girardi? So, Mulder and Krychek are stuck in traffic- on the Long Island Expressway at rush hour going to see Girardi, because they just learned about him. Uh, Because they, they uh, they think Tony Todd sees himself as an avenging angel, so of course, he would be going after Girardi. Of course. Okay. After committing war crimes and not sleeping for 24 years, it makes sense to me. Seeing yourself as an avenging angel when you're reading the Bible for 24 years solid without any breaks.
0: Probably a lot longer than that, because he was reading it in Vietnam.
1: That's true.
0: Then again, I I was going to say, and I doubt you get into it just then in the war zone, and no, it's the exact opposite of that. (laughs) That is a great time to get into it. That's exactly
1: a great time. Uh, Mulder (laughs) talks about Bubai. It was one of the bloodiest massacres of the war. Over 300 children were slaughtered. No U.S. troops were ever charged. And the 24th anniversary was two days ago, so the timing makes sense.
0: Well, this is what Salvatore says they were involved in. Yes. This is not a real thing as far no, as
1: I know. it isn't. So I looked up <coughs> Phu Bai, not to bring anything down, but I did look it up. And Phu Bai is a place. It was a combat base, um, a, U- a former U.S. Army and U.S. Marine Corps, Corps base in south of Hue in central Vietnam. So it was a location, but it was the location of a combat base. And now it is the Phu Bai International Airport. Hmm. But there was nothing about a massacre.
0: Mulder brings up in this scene the Milai Massacre. Yes. Which is a real thing in which 300 to 500 civilians were killed, mostly women and children. And he says, unlike Milai, the people in Fubai got away with it. Right. The people in Milai got away with it. One person was charged. One person was charged.
1: Well, we've got another scene <laughs> that's not going to make you happy. Excellent. Uh, Mulder and Krychek go to the train station. They acquire the photograph of Girardi. Oh, I missed mentioning that Scully calls them while they're in the car and says, Girardi's on his way here for the funeral, so they don't have to travel anywhere else. Great. So now they're going to go get him at the train station. But here's a goof, because they have a picture of Girardi. Mm-hmm. Mulder looks at the picture, and then when he is on the train platform, he takes a second look at the photo when he thinks he sees the doctor. But this would be unnecessary because it is stated that he has a photographic memory <laughs> in season one, episode 11. He has fired. the
0: inability to forget things.
1: Yes! See, it came back.
0: That's another one that seems a nitpicky, though.
1: Well, it's, it's just a goof.
0: Yeah, I know. It's, and it's not you writing the goofs. I'm no. not criticizing you.
1: Well, I put it in there. Because I thought it was funny and I wanted it to be, like, the inability to forget
0: things.
1: (laughs) Scully calls and has very important information. Some kids check the payphones for coins.
0: That was one homeless guy.
1: Oh, was it? Yep. I just, I inserted kids as I looked up and saw the hands because... That's
0: what we did when we were kids.
1: (laughs) Yep, I said, like, all of us have done. (laughs) And Tony Todd is there. Yay! Because he's not in here enough!
0: (laughs) They really underutilize.
1: Criticism for this episode, more Tony Todd.
0: It's really the only, like, harsh criticism I have for this. Oh episode. yeah, no, this is not great... enough Tony Todd. This is a great episode. Like they used Brad Dorf real well. He yes, was, he was in it enough. He did his Brad Dorfiest. Yes, he did. It was great, but yeah, not enough Tony Todd.
1: No, we could have definitely used more. Mulder actually sees Girardi, who is then shot by Tony Todd while Mulder points a gun at him. There's in this. Girardi's in this crossfire of Mulder pointing a gun and Tony Todd pointing a gun. And also Mulder is shot? Oh, actually Girardi wasn't there, but that's what Mulder saw. Crychek says he never showed. No one addresses why Mulder's laying unconscious on the ground.
0: Hey, Mulder or Crychek does address him pulling his gun out though.
1: Yes, he does.
0: Why doesn't Mulder's body think he was shot? He should have all these secondary He should. Bits of uh, gunshot wound.
1: Yep. Unclear.
0: Uh-huh. Th- this is a goof that I think needs to be brought up.
1: I agree. Also, Krychek makes a really good statement here where he says, You were running around wildly swinging your gun. You could have killed somebody.
0: Yeah. Good job, Krychek. Maybe you're a good guy.
1: Mm, hold that. <laughs> okay. Krychek and Mulder go to the security office at the station. Krychek calls Mulder out for his absurd and potentially deadly antics, as I just mentioned. And Mulder explains his unpopular opinion about Tony Todd being psychic or whatever, and Krychek is like, oh yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I want to believe. He doesn't say it right, though. No. He he says, I want to believe. No, no. no. I want to believe. You gotta say it right, Krychek. Come on, man. Well. Uh, You know what? I take it back. Not a good guy.
1: Well, now we go to see Tony Todd and Girardi. They are somewhere dark. Girardi says he can't be held responsible because he was only following orders, but Tony Todd and company can't complain because they volunteered.
0: (laughs) That's real good. I don't know if that was intentional. I don't know either, but... But it makes a statement.
1: It really does. Girardi starts to see the dead Vietnamese that Henry saw before he died.
0: No, he sees the soldiers that he operated on.
1: Oh, is that who it was? Yeah, because
0: uh, what's his name? Willig is the first person that walks past him.
1: Oh, never mind. Girardi starts to see the dead soldiers that he had operated on. And he's not shot like the dead Vietnamese shot Henry. He is carved up and mutilated.
0: Which is odd. This, this death is a little weird. Yeah. It's definitely different. And at first I had a problem with it. And then while we were recording right now, I don't know. I was like, this is so dramatic. The kidnapping and everything. He doesn't do that with anybody else. Mm-mm. He does do drama with the other guys, though. Yes, he does. The fire, I, I mean, it's not specific to that character. Right. So it's just kind of weird. But the dead Vietnamese killing Willig, that's very specific and yes. very dramatic. It's real good. It is really good. And then the soldiers carving up Girardi is real good and that's why I had to kidnap him and do it slow right so that it could be done right and watching it twice I, 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 I it felt off talking about it no it's perfect it's so good it's so good yeah
1: so all of this is happening and back in the security office we're watching footage and there's a car and not a car or whatever. Yeah. So whatever it does is it, it tells Mulder and Krychek where Girardi is, is has been taken, apparently. We hear Girardi scream as Mulder and Krychek arrive where Girardi had been taken. They search the place and find his glasses, then see blood. They find Girardi still alive. Mm. Eee.
0: Didn't finish the job there, Cole.
1: I have a feeling it's not going to take much longer.
0: Oh, they don't get credit for anything that happens off screen.
1: Oh, that's true.
0: So, Girardi's still alive in my notes. Okay. In my book.
1: All right. Well, Mulder finally catches up to Tony Todd, holding his gun on him. He um, he leaves CryCheck with... Girardi, who's still alive and bleeding out, and says, call 911 or whatever, uh-huh. and then runs off by himself because he ha- hasn't done that enough yet.
0: Yeah. He, he's got a new partner. He has to ditch his partner a whole lot.
1: A whole lot. So he does. This is the ditching partner section. Uh, again, this is the dangerous ditching partner section, not the getting information. Not the funny ditching, <laughs> ditching partner. partner section. Yes.
0: Some of it's for fun. Some of it puts everybody in danger.
1: Yes. So that's where we're at now. The danger part. Uh, Mulder catches up and holds his gun on Tony Todd because naturally. And Tony Todd says, okay, shoot me. Mulder says, that's not what he's there for. Okay. <laughs> Tony Todd says he's tired, which makes sense to me.
0: Oh, Mulder says, I know. And Tony Todd says, you don't know, man. No. I think I'm going to try to find the clip and put the clip in here.
1: It was really good. it's
0: Oh, it's so good. Tony, It's Tony Todd at his best. He's delivering.
1: Yes. He's so good. Mulder wants his testimony. He says something like, just give me a minute and then you can do whatever.
0: Uh-huh. And he says, I don't think I want to give a minute. Oh!
1: Yes. Ooh! Yes!
0: No, it, No. he says it way better than that. He's he like,
1: does. you have to find the clip.
0: I, I'm going to try to put the clip.
1: But Tony Todd says the military took a part of his brain and made him someone else.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Keep that in mind for our discussion.
1: Okay. Oh, no. Krychek is pointing his gun at Tony Todd, wherever Krychek came from, because there's Um, not a response team that quick.
0: Abandoning the Bleeding Out guy. If they got credit for doing anything off screen, I'd say maybe Krychek finished him off. (gasps) But they don't get credit for anything that happens off screen, so... No, that's not what happened. He just left the guy there bleeding out.
1: I think that's an interesting take, though.
0: I do, too. And I wish they hadn't screwed it up so bad in the host.
1: Well, Krycek points his gun at Tony Todd. He sees Tony Todd point a gun at him, and Krycek shoots. But what we see is that it was a Bible, because everything's... the vision thing is going on. Yeah, but
0: Mulder is yelling at him the entire time, don't do it, don't shoot him.
1: Yep, and Tony Todd's last words are... Good night. Mm Mm-hmm. Ugh! Crychek says he had a gun. He was going to shoot you. And Mulder says,
0: Uh, you did
1: the right thing. Let's
0: him off the hook. I hate it.
1: You did the right thing.
0: I hate it so much.
1: As Crychek realizes he shot an unarmed black man and they can cover it up.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Ooh. I hate it so much.
1: Yep. They leave. Mulder gets in his car and reaches under his seat for his folder, which is gone. Um, it turns out Scully's copy is gone too. They talk in some where, where room.
0: Where room? Yep.
1: I was going to say warehouse and then decided <laughs> that, nope, it's not a warehouse.
0: It's, it's a storage room. foyer and then on the full moon it turns into a room. Yep. I guess foyer is a room. It's a shed and then on the full moon yep. it turns into a room. Yep.
1: Good. I'm glad you're catching up. Alright. So all of the information is is missing. And now we see Krychek in front of three members of a consortium, two of which do absolutely nothing.
0: And the third of which smokes a cigarette.
1: That's right. So cigarette smoking man says, do you know where he got this?
0: Does he? Does he say that? Or does he say, do you know where he got this?
1: (laughs) And Krychek says, not yet, but he got it. Which means he's either found another source or another source has found him. Sir, if I can recommend something, you'll see that I have outlined several countermeasures.
0: What about Scully?
1: Is that how you're going to say
0: it? Oh, oh, sorry. Well, I didn't know we were doing Cast Files Theater. We are. Oh. What about Scully?
1: (laughs) Reassigning them to other areas seems to have only strengthened their determination. Scully's a problem. A much larger problem than you described.
0: Every problem has a solution.
1: Puts out his cigarette.
0: Dubs out a cigarette. Then. And this scene, I'm with Mulder. This dude needs a tailor. Cry check. That suit fits terribly. Yeah. It looks like a refrigerator box. This is
1: the only time I looked at his outfit. I didn't like his tie either.
0: And we are back to end of season one. Why didn't they kill Mulder and Skull? If they're that big of a threat Mm -hmm. and they don't need them for something, it makes no sense to leave them alive. They kill everybody. Yes, they do. Just indiscriminately. A nurse who looked at a thing once, dead. Uh, Just everybody. Everybody who's remotely involved in this, just dead immediately. We don't even think about it. Mulder and Scully, that know everything and getting close to the truth. Ooh, they're a problem. I don't know what to do about this.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: It's it's an it's another one of those loopholes that is too large to be forgiven.
1: We're going to find out that both of their parents are senators. It's the <laughs> only reason that they're alive.
0: <laughs> it there's got to be a real reason. You can't show them just killing all of these randos that have nothing really to do with it, who can't like know what's going on. Right. And then leave alive the people who know way more. Yeah. Without a reason. You have to have a reason. I agree. It's it's a big deal.
1: So what's your questions?
0: So these guys that were, you know, the Fubai Massacre guys. Yes. They were operated on, like Tony Todd says, they cut out part of my brain. They made me a different person. Mm-hmm. So how responsible are they for their actions? Because they they were experimented on just beyond the cutting out of the brain they were like, we know that doing this and depriving of these guys of sleep is going to make them super aggressive. Right. And off the charts. Killers. Killers. Right. So that was the intent behind right. it from the beginning. Yeah. So how responsible are these guys for that? Especially years later, like Salvatore and Willig, they have like calmed down from that. How responsible are they actually for doing all of that?
1: I don't know. That's a hard one.
0: It is. Like, I don't have an answer. But you're like, in the Salvatore scene, you were saying, at first I had sympathy for this guy, and then I remember what he did, and I don't have sympathy for him anymore.
1: Yeah, but I said that off mic.
0: Oh, did you? Yep. Oh, I I couldn't remember.
1: Because by the time we got back around to that scene again, I was like, all right, now I'm not really sure. And honestly, David, they were volunteers, so... (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> the doctor was just following orders. The guy who's slicing into their brain to make them different people.
1: Right, yeah.
0: Just following orders. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting... Yeah, I don't have an answer.
1: It's a bad scenario because doctors did this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and probably still do, but definitely did. Mm-hmm. And we have documentation of doctors just scrambling people's brains to make them docile Yeah. In lots of institutions.
0: Oh, the dude who invented the lobotomy. Look into this guy. Look at what he actually is. He's not a doctor. He has no medical background at all. No. He was a roadshow dude. He was a snake oil salesman. And they continued this shit in the the 50s. Yeah. I think maybe in the 60s. (sighs) Because a guy wanted to put on a show and scramble people's brains. Mm -hmm. This country is ridiculous.
1: Yeah. So I don't know how, I don't know, I don't know how to feel about any of it. Because obviously, the mass murders in this episode, they made up a whole different massacre. Yeah. That wasn't real. But our soldiers went over there and massacred people for real.
0: Without the.
1: Without these experiments. Yeah. And we're not talking about that.
0: Yeah, I really think they shouldn't have brought up the mili Massacre in this episode. Like, I agree. Maybe in the X-Files universe that didn't happen. Right. But the Fubai thing did. It, it, it's like in space when they bring up the Challenger. Yeah. It's don't bring in real tragedies, tragedies into this universe because you're really diminishing the deaths of those people when right. you
1: do that. Real people. Real traumas. Real people are alive today who knew those people yeah it's i i I don't like that i don't like crossing over no keep it keep it in the fantasy world
0: keep the real tragedies out of the x-files yes especially ones that are recent enough that like you said people are alive today who were there
1: yeah so it's rough well after we brought it down how are we gonna bring it up by shipping people so who are you shipping
0: uh you go first
1: well, I already did, because I've already asked for fanfic.
0: Okay, so you're Mulder Krychek. Yes. Okay.
1: Man, I just don't
0: I just don't know in this one. Not a lot going on with interpersonal relationships.
1: There's a whole lot going on. There's a whole love <laughs> triangle happening. Yeah, but
0: I'm not shipping Mulder and Scully in any way, shape, or form.
1: You can't. They were once partners, but they are no longer.
0: Yeah, that, and that's got to change. And with Krychov getting introduced, I don't think it's going to. I think this whole season's going to be, the X-Files has no X-Files.
1: But something's happening.
0: Yeah, something's happening. The story is progressing, but I, I like it when Mulder and Scully are together as partners. Like, that's fun. Yep. This, hey, I'm going to call you out of the yeah. not having, Not having fun this season.
1: All right. Well, what is something that you are looking forward to?
0: Oh, how are you going to survive?
1: Are we still doing that? We yeah. didn't do that last time. Yeah, we did. Well, I wasn't born in Vietnam, so.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: I'm never going to a sleep clinic. <laughs> okay. That's how I'm going to survive.
0: No, I think we should both go to a sleep clinic. How I'm surviving is not joining the military, not massacring innocent people. I think those two things get me out of this one. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> hey, uh, looking forward, man, looking forward to nothing, doing nothing next weekend. We don't have anything on the calendar, right? I have no idea. Because we've been so busy
1: lately. We have been very busy.
0: I'm looking forward to a weekend where we don't have to do anything.
1: Okay. I'm looking forward to the weekend that Riley and I are running a half marathon together.
0: Oh, that's like multiple weekends out.
1: Yeah, but... We went training today, so it was good.
0: Yeah, you can only mention these things one time. Okay. So you can't mention the half marathon ever again on this podcast.
1: I can if it's in the past. Okay. Because now it's the future half marathon. Oh, hmm, you got me. Yep. All right. I think we're done. I okay.
0: think, yeah, This we, we did not manage to pull the nose up on this one at the end.
1: I hope I kept trying and it was just...
0: Not happening. Nope. Okay, well, here we go into the ocean. Bye! The Cast Files is produced by Kristen Riley and Dave Reed Edited by Dave Reed You can find us on Twitter at Cast Files You can find me on Twitter at Dave Reed That's D-A-I-V-E-R-E-E-D You can email us at the TheCastFiles That's the with two E's At gmail.com If you could please go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts Give us five stars and tell us that we are doing phenomenal things Artistic, wonderful we are raising the bar on podcasting. We would love you forever for that. We have a tea Public store. You can go buy t-shirts and stuff there. Music by Hal Six. Logo by At Art. That's O-O-K-A-R-T.